This ain't your dad's movie. Oh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, tell grandma we got a new sheriff in town. Yeah. Yeah. Channel, Pancho Channel. Motherfucking goddamn orange peel beef. <laughs> What's up, everybody? It's one fucking hour time. Uh, my name is Evan Husney, and of course, this is the show where we talk about one movie, and we have just one fucking hour to do it. Um, we got to my left over here. We got Mr. Tom Fitzgerald, Big T. What's going on, T? Hi, everybody. Here we go. <laughs> here yeah. we go. This day has finally up. arrived. This. We're doing Fight Club. <laughs> That's right, folks. You heard right. Oh, my God. Here we go. Um, let me introduce to my right here. We have, as always, his name is Robert Paulson. <laughs> uh. Just kidding. We got Mr. Marcus Herring. Marcus I was hoping someone would squeeze in a good line uh. for the intro. We it are. is kind of weird that we're doing this one and it's not our last episode, you know, like it seems like this would be the movie that you would do after you've just run out of every other option. <laughs> like, like okay. turn off the lights. All right. We've done every film ever. <laughs> and now Fight Club. Yeah, right. yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, pretty much. Oh, I don't know. Well, it might okay. burn us. Okay. It might burn us, burn it all down with Fight Club. Right. Like the end. Right, you know, right, it's right. like the towers of. <laughs> One fucking hour, you know. It's going to be fun. We're going to yeah. go on a wild journey with this one. <laughs> we are. Yeah, <laughs> we, we definitely are. Strap in. Because uh, yeah. you know what? Because we've been doing, If I'm sure you've been following along, but this whole month, the last four weeks have been films from 1999. And it's been this, we're, we're going to get into it in the hour, of course, but it's been a very interesting journey, sort of rewatching these movies, you know, some of which we haven't seen in many years. Of course, we started this whole thing off with The Matrix, right? That was my Ooh. birthday pick. <laughs> Very fun time capsule journey. Uh, there. Just as good as we remember it. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Even better. Even better, actually. <laughs> uh, and then uh, we did uh, fucking Election, which actually, for me, did yeah. is better than when I Better than saw ever. It. Better than ever. I, I love Election. I, I always will love it. Yeah. Um, and then we did last week being John Malkovich, which... <laughs> after the spoiler alert, but after rewatching Fight Club, I actually liked being John Malkovich more. I mean, um, how could you not? I, I mean, know I, I did, uh, but uh, but I understand what your point is. Okay, you know, like, okay. The, yeah. the, the like the, the the spectrum of what the the gifts of 1999 and, yeah. and how they interrelate. Yeah, I, yeah, I got you. Yeah. we'll get into that. Yeah, it's weird is that they're all the same movie. Basically. Well, except for election, but the other three, it turns they, out they're there's all there's a lot the of similarities. There's a lot yeah. of similarities going on. We're going to get into that as well. But all those uh, uh, episodes are in the archive, of course. Um, if you haven't been following along, but yeah, man, we've been doing it with 1999. And speaking of 1999, good segue here into the one fucking hour Patreon, which is uh, where we are putting up all of our new bonus episodes and feature-length audio commentaries. Shout out, got a handful of more Patreons uh, over the last week, so that's pretty sweet. Um, it's just five bucks a month. Uh, you get you can sign up for that and get access to all of that all that shit. Um, and available right now, as we are speaking, is our brand new bonus episode where uh, me, Tom, Marcus, we went uh, to town on just all the films from 1999 that we didn't kind of cover in long form. So we yeah. rapid fired all the other flicks. 
you know, uh, Blair Witch Project, you know, we talked about. Office Space, holy shit. Oh, that might like be the 20 minutes on Phantom Menace. <laughs> <laughs> For like one second, I got giddy and went and got like Star Wars chills. Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but then I was otherwise chill. like, I mean, you're getting assaulted. It's Jar Jar. But the worst for me was like little Anakin, like, Annie, get over here. Dinner's ready. You know, like, um, <laughs> and so, so, but I wasn't the only one because the movie, we get out of the movie and I was with some big Star Wars nerds and they were everywhere. And everyone was like, yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, it's great. I mean, I, I think I need to see it again, which yeah. is what was everyone saying. Cause they're yeah. like processing like that yeah. kind of sucked balls. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, really. <laughs> so so definitely if you want to hear us, uh, it's a, it's the one fucking hour after hours bonus episode. Of course, uh, just us on 1999 that is available now on the Patreon. Or if you'd like to keep all your shit simple on YouTube, you can click underneath this video. There's click the join button and you can become a moment of our show. Uh, also for five bucks a month, same perks, same shit. However you want to do it, doesn't matter to us. Uh, so again, or patreon.com slash one fucking hour. So, all right, guys, should we get into this? Should we fucking do this? Uh, let's do it. Wait, <laughs> let's go to the beginning. Okay. No, wait, back up. Let me start earlier. Forget oh, yeah, it. Yeah, right, right. It's just right, like, right. Uh, you know, like, like you moved me at a really weird time. Yeah. The movie's slipping around, you know. <laughs> right. Like. Right. Yeah. Like the narration coming in. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's what. <laughs> okay. Well, here we go. Here's the clock. And let's do it. One fucking hour in Fight Club, y'all. Here we go. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Boom. All right. Guys, we don't need to fucking synopsis, synopsis this film. It's Everybody knows what fucking Fight Club is, right? I mean, come on. Um, normally, we kind of give a background on each of the movies before we start, but I kind of figured that, you know, this is one of those films where everybody knows Fight Club, so uh, let's hey, not waste Fight any Club. time and let's get into it. So <clears throat> um, as we did with last week's episode on uh, Being John Malkovich, we sort of did what we called, what was it, Tom? It's called... It's the Rewatch Roundtable, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah, right. Right. which is kind of the through the lens that we're going to be evaluating tonight's movie, um, you know, sort of looking back at it after not seeing it for many years. How does it hold up, you know, how, compared to when you saw it in 1999 till now? So I think we should sort of go around the room and talk about kind of uh, like what, we're at a table yeah round table what our yeah. sort of reaction is to seeing it after so long so tom i'll start off with you what was your uh rewatch round table oh, reaction God. to okay uh, well film? all right so uh i'll tease in my origin story a little bit but um sure i'll get to that later my origin story but um okay i had i've had a long journey with this film and i had a special time with my origin meaning the first time i saw it in a theater like the day it came out or something okay uh-huh right but, but then i just watched it this afternoon and uh it's been a long time maybe 10 years but i have seen it a bunch uh mm -hmm. in, in the decade that it, you know since it had come out um but not in a long time i don't know man i mean it's you know you could easily say all this stuff like it hasn't aged well and i guess sure like some of the fashion and some of the the stylistic points are already super dated feeling but i'm forgiving of that i don't care so much but like um what I wasn't identifying when I was first kind of seeing it and enjoying it, I'm seeing now maybe just because I'm older or something, and I don't want to get into MAGA and like alt-right stuff because I think that's kind of deceptive in 
how that gets a barnacled and affixed to this film. I think because the term snowflake originates from this film, actually. Stuff like that, mm-hmm. and it's yep, like I think it it's more it's more complicated. And actually, I'm sorry to I don't want to immediately bog down in this stuff in in its cultural <laughs> context, but that is kind of my main takeaway because this is a weird film because it's a philosophical film, is what I'm saying. There's not about people and really characters. Ed Norton's not that much of a character. Everyone's representing something, and his alter ego is representing something. So, what is the philosophy of this film? And then you right. really go not even to Fincher, but you're going to the writer. What's his name? Chuck. Palinick. Um, Chuck, Chuck Palinick. So yeah. really it's like the heart and soul of Chuck Palinick. I haven't read his stuff. I haven't read Fight Club, the book. Right. But it's like, where is he coming from? And I think it's, just what I was saying is it's much too simple to just be like, oh, it's like proto MAGA alt-right. It's like, it's actually a little weirder than that. And it's kind yeah. of, you could also fix a lot of it to like Bernie bro-isms and like, uh, sure. like dirtbag lib- uh, liberal, which I don't know if you guys know that, and like dime store, that neighborhood yeah. in New York City. Mm-hmm. Dime, square. Dime Square, Dime Square, Dime yeah. Square, Dime Square, Dime Square. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so anyway, what I'm saying is, it's like I, I found it not maybe as odious its philosophical point of view yeah. as a lot of people have over the years. Yeah. But I, I definitely am feeling alienated from it right. because I'm finding it very silly. And uh, and I'll shut up. But the, my takeaway is that term that Pauline Kale would use for people like Norman Mailer mm-hmm. and other kind of like like hyper macho kind of guys. She would uh, always refer to them as macho clowns, and this has a a macho clown kind of mentality. And mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. I find all the male problems and solutions to be uh, I'm pretty alienated from them, and I'm finding it like really campy and uninteresting because it's like the film starts for me, and I'm almost done. The film starts for me with sort of general the general topic of. Um, how like we're, we're getting hyper domesticated by um, creature comforts yeah, and yeah. convenience in, in yeah. Western society and what that does to people. And in this case, in this film, it's about what it does to the male. It's interesting, but then it gets very much into like just really hard guy philosophical dynamics. And I <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. I, it's just, if you're not on board, I'm not against yeah. the philosophy but i'm not on board so i was feeling pretty alienated right. like i don't need to hear that message and it's not an odious message to me but it's just kind of like macho clown it's kind of silly it, it makes me just think my last line is like what's your problem just like smoke some pot and like <laughs> yeah. like eat ice cream and like go for a walk or something yeah yeah, like, yeah, yeah, what, yeah. what what are you so fucking wound up about yeah like right like calm down that's right. my only response so i found it sort of dissatisfying because i just couldn't relate to it i was just like what what is this philosophy it's like boring yeah. and corny yeah yeah so. no it, it is and i uh, mean there's so much i want to respond to in that <laughs> i in know that. i know i'm just like Ugh. that's what we're doing right i know rewatch yeah. roundtable i know so marcus i'm gonna let you go and then i'll go and then we'll figure out where we go from there so yeah, marcus, I mean, are we responding are we doing origin stories or round let's let's know, wait on the origin story and yeah. just go with like hard uh rewatch. table yeah just go okay like today's how, takeaway how did it hit I, you when you watch it on this watch marcus yeah i will say that i have watched it since you know uh david bowie died since the world got all weird in 2016 i oh. have seen it since then okay. so i i've already had the shock of like wow this yeah seems like it inspired some few people or whatever you know i've already had that moment with it where i was sort of sweating watching it like oh like cringing yeah. 
So this time I was more sort of watching it from a filmmaker perspective. You know, I do like Fincher a lot. So I was trying to kind of like just observe. I've never watched it with like filmmaker eyes before. So that's kind of how I was viewing it this time. Yeah. But it is, I was actually watching it in fast forward too. So I wasn't like, you know, like a one and a half speed, whatever. Yeah. So uh, yeah. I so I wasn't, <laughs> I've seen it a bunch. Yeah. And I was just kind of refreshing my memory with it. Uh, just, but um. So I those moments weren't landing. The the cringe moments probably weren't landing as hard for me this time. Right, but, right, right. What do you, you mean know, by that? Like they weren't feeling as cringy as they might already, have in the past. He's already reevaluated yeah. them. Yeah. yeah, I guess so. Just that that first like post twenty sixteen like rewatch of just like I watch Fight Club again and then just kind of realizing all like the like, the sort of how you could tie it to Proud Boys or like uh, Antifa or whatever that you could make it into a real world political scenario. Yeah, I already had that sort of shock the last time I watched it, which kind of yeah. did spoil it a little bit for me. I will say, but um, right. Now this time I was just trying to more uh, watch it from yeah. I guess I've already had that shock, so I was watching it from a more filmmaker perspective. Okay. But I'm so jazzed by the things that you were saying that I, I want to respond to those. But let me let Evan you know give his rewatch, and then maybe we can get into yeah, some yeah. Stuff. We'll we'll come right we'll come right back around to that. Um, maybe I'll open it up too with mine a little bit. So so for me, just quick like it's it's hard to not talk about my origin story so maybe i'll do both at the same time okay is because it's for me like as when we talked about the matrix okay a few weeks ago and how big that movie you know was for me um and you know being john malkovich all these movies coming out and we were talking about you know clever is king in 99 you know uh, i was i was actually reading through roger ebert's review of fight club which is very funny uh, mm. He he shits he kind of shits all over. It. He gave it two stars, mm. and he was sort of talking about how uh, it suffers from the Kaiser Soze syndrome, you know, of the time, which I think is another way <laughs> usual of suspects. saying. Well, right. yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, course. usual suspects. You know, so that's kind of another way of saying that. And so I was, but I, that was catnip to me in '99. Mm-hmm. You know, learning about you know films and getting into them. Fight Club was that type of movie where if you didn't know much about movies and you see this movie, you instantly think it's the greatest film that's ever been made because it is very stylistic. It's you know, it's it 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 zips along. Um, it's got a weird you know point of view perspective it's very fun it's very playful in the way it's put together mm-hmm. it's very violent it's extreme mm-hmm. it, it, and then it has a shocking twist at the end so as a kid as a teenager you're like oh my god this is the greatest thing ever but mm-hmm. what it does is and this is what i was laughing about so much when i was watching it just you know the other day in prep for this yeah. is that like it's messaging it's it's whatever its philosophy is the movie does kind of a bad job of telling you, are we supposed to take this philosophy at face value? Right. Are we supposed to be, is this is this Chuck speaking to us through Brad Pitt? Or is it like supposed to be a satire of, you know, these sort of apathetic, um, you know, uh, or like a musing on finding purpose, purposefulness in, in nothingness? you know, in sort of this weird postmodern way. So I don't know, to me, it kind of, I, I think what's funny about it is when it did come out, there was this butterfly effect that it had on impressionable, angry, white, probably male teenagers at the time yeah. who just absorbed all of this because life was shitty 
at, in, in 99 if you lived in the suburbs like I did. I mean, things were, everybody, everything was getting homogenized. Starbucks is popping up. Ikea is popping up. You know, all this stuff. And, and everything is getting synthetic. And there is kind of this, you know, apathy towards that sort of life. And I think this, you know, but it's, it's just, it's so funny to, to watch this movie and not knowing where the center of it is coming from. Right. And how it inspired people in probably a negative way, you know, more yeah. so than... Yeah. I, yeah. I have to say, with the first time I saw it, I was I did jive with it. Like I, you know, I just to be clear, when I, I saw the when I when the my origin story with it is, I saw the billboards and I just saw that soap that had the word Fight Club cut into it, and I was like, I do not want to see that because it you just always seemed, say that. I love that. It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like just I've been that for like twenty. 15 you were offended years now. by it. <laughs> it offended you on an aesthetic level. I have been talking about it for most of my life now. Yeah, it did offend me. I did, and and it, it just seemed like it was going to be about uh, nothing but like uh, underground boxing clubs or something. And that just sure. didn't appeal to me at all. But a friend of mine, you know, post-college was like, no, you have to watch this. Yeah. Because it, it's, it goes someplace you, you know, you're not expecting or whatever. Right. And right. then just being sort of, you know, I think I did identify with like the anti- commercialism vibe like you're not what you own you know and like Mm -hmm. i was refreshed that it wasn't just about underground boxing even if the movie Mm -hmm. deflates a little bit towards the end which we'll get into later the fact that it goes someplace different and has this sort of like anarchist cookbook you know kind of like uh uh like terrorist cell side plot or the right turn that the plot takes but like aggressive pranking like it yeah right yeah it was sort of like real world pranking and then yeah. it does but it doesn't have it's not mired in any sort of political thing like they're not like all right this one's for george bush and they blow up something you know what i mean so right. it's not like yeah. battle it, of la it doesn't necessarily Angeles. feel like it's tied to anything although it you know politically although i think it is a reaction thing i think it is reaction to the times it is when it yeah. was made you know like yeah for me it's like if this movie was made in the 80s i don't think it would have done well because you had reagan this kind of fake macho guy as president, you know, and I think that wasn't an era where people wanted to hear like it was like kind of the the 80s was more like the uh 30 something era or so you didn't, you didn't have this like macho uh I think I think macho was like a symbol of cool then but I think we had to go through the 90s where it was like uh you know like I always thought this movie is like a reaction to like Ross on Friends, you know, like he's like yeah, the point. nice guy. He's like <laughs> you know, he's not the most masculine cast member of friends you know and i think a lot of people perceived him to be like super wimpy i remember articles about it at the time you know and i think that this movie was sort of like a reaction to that thing of the 90s of like the sensitive man you know and i yeah and i and so i think it actually it worked mm. for people in 99 but mm-hmm. then I, I don't think this is not a movie that can be made and, and absorbed at, at any at, at any era it has to be like right culturally you know what i mean to mm-hmm. to for it to connect with people definitely yeah. and i think that's just what happened in 99 it's just like sort of a reaction against that yeah yeah just sort of wimpy like alt culture you know and like yeah, let's right. get back to another right. point well, in time. well there's a you, well, so go ahead please i was just gonna say yeah i mean yeah because just on top of that like you were talking about tom that it's not like an alt-right thing it, it is also or it's not just that way because it is yeah. an anti you know capitalist statement it's an anti-consumerist viewpoint Right. But what I think is just to put a bow on what I was saying, what I think is kind of interesting to look back at it is that much like new metal, 
<laughs> oh, I was you motherfucker. Start the tape again because I was gonna I was gonna bring up Limp Biscuit. Fucking motherfucker. Yeah, go ahead, please. Okay, well let me open the new metal, uh, you know, uh, manhole here because yep. um, basically, you know, much like with new metal, it is like this easy outlet, you know, for frustrated white boys. I think at this time. And I think that uh, people saw that in this movie. They weren't even paying attention to the ideology, the, 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 the philosophy that's being right, thrown at them, right. which is dangerous. It just kind of shows you. It's, it is weird because it just kind of shows how like any sort of like, you know, ideology that's being, you know, put in right. front of your face is going to influence you in one way or the other. But well, at the bottom, listen, true. that you happens over... in the film. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I was like, about to yeah. Say. He's scared when they start. Uh, what's the guy's name? They keep repeating it. Robert Paulson. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I am Robert Paulson. Like, like uh, you know, he gets a little alarmed by how his like uh, guys become drones. Yeah, know? they become drones. Right. But it's like you I, can't overlook that. Like things like Snowflake and Red Pill, those things were like hijacked for right. like overt political purposes. Right. Where it was, sort of, it was more soupy and you know well, less politically I, well, aware. No, it know, wasn't. Yeah, and know? and all I'm saying in in '99 is that it wasn't like you know it like new metal. It was an outlet for that whatever yeah. apathy that was existed in that time period. Yeah, but it, mm -hmm. it, it does. It, the film itself doesn't really ask viewers to think, or it doesn't ask viewers to even consider what this ideology is. It just stokes that anger. And I think that or is... Or think of it critically, like critically. you said, which was an interesting thought experiment. Right. Because I think, just to kind of answer what you were saying, is how much distance is there from the film and the philosophy espoused. And it really does feel like a, an espousing of, of philosophy. Mansplaining. <laughs> like, yeah. like the, yeah, the text of it is... <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like there's no daylight. It's just like it's just yeah. a direct line, and which is interesting. Yeah. So if I quickly go to my origin story, because um, what's ironic is none of this happened in my appreciation of this film. Um, I saw it like the two days after it came out, and uh, I had recently had a huge breakup. I'd been going out with this gal for years, and we just broke up like just a month before. Oh shit! So I was in like this weird Henri mood, and I was like, fuck, I'm going to this fucking movie. I don't even know what it is. You know, I was going to just anything. So I went to this. So what I'm saying is I had no cultural context. And um, I'm just going to be a broken record for a second and kind of shut down my running narrative on 1999 here and just say that I was really responding, firstly, to the style and the the zippiness that's the term i came up with this this afternoon it was like i i love and and more importantly i miss the zippiness mm -hmm. of films that are kind of left of center from like mainstream yeah titanic -y kind of stuff and like that was what you could expect and i remember mm -hmm. when i watched fight club and, and it was since 1999 i was like you know what even things that are sort of action or dramas they're getting like belly laughs people were cracking the fuck up when i saw yeah. fight club it was packed with people mm -hmm. they all cracked up and cheered by the way like when the little vw bug got smashed up mm -hmm. way, someone, <laughs> we're, we're gonna report back on that because <laughs> that um that was a big uh cheering point but what i'm saying is like uh it was it was uh like so i went in cold is what i'm trying to say and it didn't have any context whatsoever, but I was doing the response to the zippiness. Now, the thing is, and I was reminded of this as I, I rewatched the film, that that receded in the film and in my with my interest. And what I mean by zippiness, just to give an example in this particular film, is like, you know, like the, the, the Dust Brothers 
comes in and there's a cataloging of all the expensive stuff in his fridge, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And there's like a graphic element that's a, a, a superimposed over the contents of his fridge, like 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 the price of like like you know the olives. Ten ninety nine, right, right, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Ikea, the IKEA catalog, yeah, the IKEA catalog. View. Yes, yeah. lady lives in IKEA, and I was just like, and maybe this is in closing because it's been this whole time in the nineteen ninety nine movies. Is I simply miss that, and I wish people would do even like a portion of that. But this film mm -hmm. in the first half is very much like that. So, I, so it got me. I was completely engaged, and I wasn't really paying attention to the philosophy, and I wasn't paying attention to well, yeah. to how more yeah. disconnected and disinterested I was. But I did have a really good time watching this film. Yeah. And I don't know if it quite spoke to me, but it did make me feel there was a general sense of disillusion because I wasn't a yuppie, you know, back then. I wasn't like buying expensive olives and lived in a condo. But I saw <laughs> the shared general alienation. Yeah, of a dissatisfaction that was hard to put your finger on, and I think that Marcus, too, you're making a good point about how like mm -hmm. some people thought maybe uh, the the male, what the male is, had gone adrift in the '80s, and it was signified by Alan Alda, you know, like like mm -hmm. like uh, like women love men who cry, you know, like <laughs> right. and and for a lot of not just men, but a lot of women are like, uh, I do, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's a little, it could be a little shaky. Oh, and and I just yeah. and I just wanted to plan to see Robert Bly. Uh, I, I was reading uh, some of his book in like 1990. Robert yeah. Bly got into that whole male bonding concept, and he was kind of this poet. And he he got into that whole thing where like men go on these gatherings, mm -hmm. and they go shirtless and they just cry out into the moon. And and yeah. like some might say it's macho clownery, but some also might say that it's tapping into something in 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 the, the male of the species and, 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 DNA yeah. about like bonding and feeling like that you're sure. Um, it's hard to, to talk about this and not sound like you know, like like oh I really love uh, Joe Rogan or something like that because yeah. I think <laughs> right. what happens is stupid it's been people, hijacked yeah that's yeah, yeah stupid yeah. people can cloud this stuff up but I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with someone who uh, exhibits a what are stereotypically male characteristics that could also be a, right. a woman could do this or whoever someone whoever they identify as I'm saying that these things aren't necessarily bad where it's like you're there's some lines in the film that I like and then I'll shut up oh, I like the, the metaphors are yeah. like um, you know what yeah. last week my ass was made of cookie dough this week it's carved out of wood yeah, that right, is right. kind of cringe yeah but i think that one of the byproducts of a very successful modern society and now the 21st century in the west mm -hmm. where we have all convenience at our fingertips oh what are we getting from grubhub or whatever it's like we're so adrift from yeah. being in the food chain yeah. And maybe that's okay. It's a success, but there's stuff in our DNA, and it's also what does that do to a person? Not even a male, but like a, a people who maybe are feeling in their bones a little too adrift from having any context other than just being a consumer, and that is kind of gross. And I did respond to that when I first saw the film, and I always will. I right. think that's the success of the first part of the film. Can I bridge? We are, we are all basically like animals or like cavemen or something, but just dressed up and, and forced to live in this sort of like We're eating Uber Eats. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not Which is a little different than having to like yeah. bring down another yeah. mammal. Yeah. If, it, is, if, it is a plot point that exists in other films too. While, while you were talking, I was thinking about City Slickers for some reason, because that's the same sort of thing, right? Where it's like Whoa. these guys are sort of like, uh, you know, wimped, wimped out by society and they have to go out live and live rugged and try oh, to. Oh, Deliverance. Yeah. Our deliverance. first episode. Yeah. 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 Um, real quick, because I just wanted to respond to one thing. You were talking about sort of the the reboot of the male, you know, in, in, in film or pop culture or whatever. 
And if you're going to do that, I mean, there's no better way to do that than with Brad Pitt, you know, and those goddamn, what do you call them? Those, those muscles that go right down to your crotch, uh, you know? Uh, six pack? Yeah, I know what right. you mean. It's a thing below the six pack. It's, a, it's below the six pack. I think they're yeah. called dor- dorsivals. I, don't know. I have no idea. Right. I, mean, I think I think that definitely uh, definitely yeah. was what helped this movie. <laughs> He's uh, a well built guy. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's oh, man, this movie. I don't know. It's uh, you. Were, you were talking about the first third, or before we started recording, we were really talking about that. You're drilling down into the playfulness. The stylistic playfulness of the movie, yeah, yeah, yeah. which it does have in in spades in that first part. I mean, when you are talking about all the you know classic Fincher sort of CGI camera almost stuff, or with all Love the it. overlays and things, and like the that. dark funniness of like the woman who's dying of cancer, like I have I, I have pornography. That. I just want to get laid one more time. I have pornographic movies in my apartment and lubricants and anal nitrate. Thank you, Chloe. That's super pitch black, dark, hilarious weirdness. Like all those um, meetings. Yeah, that was wild to me when I saw that the first time. Yeah, I was just about to say that. That's what's kind of like the best part about this movie is this idea of its setting being in the support group, you know, bouncing around from support groups Mm -hmm. so it can sleep. Like it's cool. That's That's what grabs you. That's what grabs you. And that's and I noticed that it happened. I I was looking at the clock, and that happened right at ten minutes when he's like, he's like says like that's when i got addicted and it cuts to all the yeah and that's the moment i was thinking how sid field this movie really is you know even though it's got all this sort of unconventional elements it's a really big story but that is the first 10 minutes has to grab you and right at that moment when he gets addicted to all the support groups i'm I'm in it's great that's great you know and you have weird quirky characters you got meatloaf with the bitch tits and you got all these Classic. things that that, that 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 do bring you in, and it's always cool to see you know a big movie with big stars, um, or you know Brad Pitt at least, and you know you're seeing scenes that are set in these very small you know indie movie type locations and and and, and concepts, yeah. which is something that's mm-hmm. missing obviously from the big movies. And what was so cool about Ninety Nine, um, and that first kind of third ish half is great, but as it goes on. It you know really bogs down into the you know just just hitting you the over fighting. the head with this the fighting. The There's violence. a lot of of like just yeah. straight up depiction of the fighting like that one mm-hmm. scene with the blonde guy Jared Leto that famous Jared Leto. Jared Leto getting fucking his <laughs> Can, ass handed to him that's and that's just brutal and then also the mobster beating up Brad Pitt that I'm that like. Scene. Can we just that. like yeah? I just want to fast stuff? forward through that one. Jesus, well, man. can I? Like, when Jared Leto, the Jared Leto thing. I was just gonna say the one thing about the Jared Leto scene, and then we'll take it to you because I had that on my list of things to talk about for sure. Is that oh, yeah. scene? Even though I love this movie, when I was whatever fourteen, whatever it was, even though I, I really love this movie, um, that that sequence made me always ill. Like I would fast forward through that because mm-hmm. it was wow. so fucking brutal of him getting yeah. beat up. And it triggers it like triggered me even just watching on the rewatch. And what yeah. I'm triggered by is my one of my big childhood haunts. We talk about the things that we saw when we were too young, you know, mm-hmm. whatever that left an indelible impression on me. Just yeah. probably a handful of years before this, and this will show my age. But I remember when I was way too young, and my dad was watching Casino. Uh, oh, on on, on 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 VHS, and I was like, "Hey, what are you watching?" Yeah. And it happened to be the scene with the guy's head in the vice. Dude, you make you know, me uh, pop your fucking eye out. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. every time I see Jared Leto in this movie, I think of that guy's Holy. fucking eye. Paul, yeah. fucking it's that eye. level of um, brutality. 
It is. It is. It is fa- brutal. Fa- specifically, facial disfiguring brutality. It is. It's, it's awful. Really, it makes you feel horrible. Although, yeah. once I found out more about Jared Leto, that I don't feel as bad watching that scene. <laughs> yeah. He got off easy. Yeah. No. 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 Yeah. But uh, but you yeah. know, you know, from, if we want to linger on the scene for a moment, it's just like, like, so am I supposed to respond with the thinking about a gay subtext? Like, what what's yeah. going on here? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, because mm, the guy yeah. is objectively cute. Uh, <laughs> so is Brad Pitt, though. Yeah. So man. it's like, yeah. Man. So, but but you know, Ed Norton, he ain't. So right. it's like, uh, what am I responding to here? Like, um, right. it was like because I just I think I even was mumbling to myself like, got to beat the cute guy out of you it's like that's all i was getting at because i want to yeah. kiss you it's like am well, i the uh, only person i don't know like, feeling like maybe i there's don't a know subtext? i just read it as he was he was jealous that that guy might usurp his place with tyler or whatever you know that that's why maybe. i thought why he okay. to make he an example it, out of him yeah yeah i don't know i don't know that's don't what know. they're showing the movie he's like sort of patting him on the back and he's What's getting the closer plot? To him, but i'm know? just saying yeah, yeah. subtext, subtext you know? oh okay. maybe maybe Maybe, but I do have to also fucking shout out to the woman with cancer scene as well too. That right, that yeah. is one of the best moments. I have lubricants. Yeah, yeah, I have yeah. anal yeah. nitrate. I have, like 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 ooh, pornographic magazines. <laughs> and of course, yeah. it does. The, does the, it does that thing that I guess always happens when you speak louder and closer to the mic? <laughs> it starts feeding back. Feeding back. Yeah. <laughs> it's like some kind of classic Awkward. signifier. Like ooh, I've got. If if that yeah. would happen, like yeah. when you start saying something awkward in the microphone, it starts right, right, back. like cue yeah. feedback. Yeah, <laughs> no, but but otherwise, she looks great, and that's no, and also the other thing. This is this is maybe like the ultimate zippy thing that made me get really giddy again when I first saw the film, and we can move on from the the zippiness. But the, the last totemic zippy thing for me is um, spirit animal, like mm-hmm. you're in the cave and like you're sliding mm-hmm. down with like penguins, and I'm like, when. Do they yeah. do that now? Like that is not mm-hmm. a thing that happens now at all. You know, a big film that gets like weird with like a big set piece, and it's like it's a head trip. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there's a lot of great ideas in the way that he tells the film the story in the beginning, and he's talking to the camera, the narrator talking to the camera, yeah. and you know, I think that's what I liked about it initially. Is I felt like when I first saw it and I was younger, I was like, wow, this movie really captures like a novel it, it does capture that like mm-hmm. perspective of a narrator in a novel in a very effective way i thought back then i don't know you know yeah um and uh yeah i don't know i, I think that that goes along with the zippiness or whatever it's just like how yeah, it's sure. told yeah but it's it's weird because that transition into We're talking the, about how it slides the yeah, second like, half where, where do we go we get how into we get this there? kind of cult i guess for lack of a term yeah. with you know, first you see that scene, of course, which again, God, you just, I just remember this so well seeing the first time, but the scene which, with the chemical burn, you know, where mm-hmm. we're going to burn his uh, hand. That, uh, that loss, that was the beginning of me losing it a yeah. bit on the film. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it, it's too long. It's very belabored, mm-hmm. in my <laughs> opinion. Mm-hmm. And it's that's Macho Clown. Yeah. N- not to take over yeah. what you're saying, but just that to me signifies Macho Clown, like, I'm so fucking tough. Like withstanding needless pain, it's yeah. like just <laughs> go know. fucking eat a candy bar. And watch <laughs> yeah, like calm down. Yeah, like, that's just the oh, my only takeaway. And I know the film doesn't want me to feel this way. It's just like, but, yeah, oh, all right, guys, calm, calm down. <laughs> like, just, right. Yeah, yeah. I those it's stronger in the beginning when you see stuff like the mid-air collision. That that oh, moment is so good. You know, it yeah. stays with you. But I think there there is other good scenes like 
in the second half right. of the movie. Help like when he, quit, like, when he quits out. his job, you know, that's a pretty like uh, when he beats himself scene, up. I think when he when he gets when yeah. he goes in and tells the boss or whatever, like uh, that he's, when he quits his job. You don't right. like that part where he beats himself up that scene. Well, I guess so. Or when he he sort of blackmails his boss into like not into like giving him a paycheck for like a whole year or whatever. Yeah, right you, out of American Beauty, by the way. Yeah, totally. Totally. Oh, right, right. Totally. But yeah. him him sort of beating himself up. I always found that was weird because you know, it's very I don't know, kind of juvenile, but the idea well, it of looks him, weird. When he's well, like punching himself in the face, yeah. I know. Yeah, it looks like almost Monty Python in a bad Jerry, way. Jerry, Jerry Lewis. Uh, no, of him, him beating. Hey, him, hey now, um, but him, him, uh, <laughs> him, him beating himself up. But it's like, man, like, you know, there's no physical evidence of you know the boss, you know, getting into a fight. You know, like he's not, you know, <laughs> like. Yeah, no, I got you. <laughs> that wouldn't not, happen. Yeah, I know. It's no, it's little, just. Uh, it's a little weird. And again, it's it's and I feel, and this is maybe a theme I'm starting to pick up on here. It's a little belabored. I think the film could be mm. maybe crispier in the second half. They brought it down, like if they just because I think this guy was a little too in love with all these set pieces. It's a very set piecey movie, and sure. it's like bring it in. It's a little indulgent. It's two oh, yeah. plus two ten or something. So it's just like like mm-hmm. that could have not happened for me, or like like I guess what I'm saying is like. If and I'll open it to you guys, it's like even in that part of the movie, it's like I don't care if, when, and how he lost his job. Like, what what was that? And then if we're put, if we have a momentum in the narrative, it's like okay, like. And then there's a lot of redundant shit that goes on in the movie. Like mm-hmm. by the time they're in the car and they're doing macho talk, like uh, how do you want to be remembered or what? It's like uh, painting a self portrait, build a house, you know. And it's just like um, it's getting very it repetitive for me, like yeah. another kind of yeah. burn the hand yeah. kind of like yeah. dare kind of thing about like, yeah. you know, crashing the car. It's just like, all right. It's belaboring. Well, qu- it, what it is. is the job is just that, um, you know, it's that pathos or that it's that sort of like burst of uh, relief that you get in the 90s. Like it's in a office space he quits his job yeah i know yeah. you know uh the matrix i'm assuming he quits his job whatever american beauty like you said yeah that's the moment for us in malkovich like, like yeah. a bad malkovich, office in malkovich. generally yeah. speaking like weird yeah, bad right. offices yeah that's right that's a huge part of what's going on in this time period is this idea that as a society we're just you know we talked about it last week we're just becoming these drones and you know, mm-hmm. working for a capitalist society and then these. Well, what do they say? Like if you if you take a zoom out on your life to a regular office going person, it's like your whole life is that you are you charge your battery and you are the battery and the battery charges at your domicile, your home. Mm-hmm. And then the battery charges and you just go and drain that battery in the office. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like people started abstracting like what the process is of their day-to-day life mm-hmm. and uh it's they find it very uh you know it's not very rewarding well there's a lot of work from home these days so that right that. well it's funny that not only is it like this duality between your office life you know which is all clean in every one of these movies and then your Polite. home life was disgusting tyler durden <laughs> house you know yeah in the, same, in the matrix the real world's disgusting too you know yeah but also just the avatar thing is still going too. that you're somebody else you know in this movie yeah and when you're asleep you're actually sleepwalking around being your dream guy your dream version of yourself right. in the matrix you're being somebody you're being yeah. the dream version of yourself oh. being john malkovich you're being somebody else yes. you know hey, office <laughs> space you know 
like there's yeah. this quiet revolution in, in, a, in a boring, shitty, cubically yeah. office where he's yeah. like cutting a fish on his desk. You yes. Know? Mm-hmm. Is that 99? Yep. Yep. That yeah, is 99. It is. It is. We just, yeah. He's also being an alternate version of himself. Yeah, yeah. Hypnotized. Yeah. You know, it's so funny. I mean, you guys are younger than me, but it's like, I didn't work in no fucking office in 1999. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I couldn't relate to it either. I was just like, wow, it sucks to be you. Like, I, I was just like, is yeah. that what's going on? Like, I've never really been an office right, guy. So right. it's like, but that was I'm so insane. But I knew, I knew I'd never wanted to be part of that world. You know, I knew yeah. I didn't want to be part of that corporate <laughs> world. I mean, who, who would? Like, no, you know? of course not. But that was so in the zeitgeist. And every one of these movies is, is a guy in an office, a white guy in, a, in an office, Who's you know protesting and re- leading some re- revolution out of the office environment? Um, <clears throat> and one thing, so you were when you were talking about sort of the uh, the sort of uh, what's his name from Friends? Jo- J- was it Joey? Is that who Ross. You were Ross. Ross. <laughs> Sorry. Excuse me. Excuse me. Uh, just, yeah. Come on. Get it right. Jesus Christ. Swimmer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but the but the idea of like you know how there's this panic around um, the demasculinization of of men you know the emasculating mm-hmm. idea and we're sort of imprisoned in this modern life kind of thing with this movie that's kind of what at least the first half is really getting at right we're we're trying to take back the masculinity and we're trying to break free from our materials and all that stuff. But what I'm trying to understand is, okay, now I get that from the point of view of the fight club, okay? I get that with the idea of where we're going with a fight club. Project Mm -hmm. Mayhem, though, help me out because what I don't understand is how come the end goal is just trolling the world, you know, with erasing VHS tapes, turning around rental car spikes... Uh, or right. you know, blowing up well, like, smile, like college Joker pranking, shit. like prank Joker pranks. No, I know. know. Actually, I'm really glad you're saying this because I never realized that. But that's been confusing to me because what I would I would think that they would want to do yeah. is evangelize, yes, and spread the word, which I think and, is what and, they're and, trying. To sorry, do. I, that's what and, and, and to grow. Do. But what I'm saying is, yeah. If you do all the pranks, that doesn't evangelize and grow your point of view. It doesn't share your point of view. Yeah. And in fact, it alienates people. Like, oh fuck, I didn't rent my movie, or this guy, this thing made me late in traffic. So it's just alienating. And of course, a building collapses. So, um, well, that's my thing. Like, is like just real quick. I, is yeah. is no, this please. my or my my question is, is that supposed to not? Is that supposed to be taken as satirical? Like, is that showing that this is? You know, this is the cautionary part of this tale that is being told here. Is that the that end? That must be somewhat in there because, yeah. uh, you know, the lead character, um, and I think we as the viewer gets more and more alienated from the disciples, you know, and like right. they become a threat. They want to cut his balls right, off. Right, and like, right, right. Like it's that kind of thing where it's like um, right. you, you've, you've made this monster and now yeah. it's going to consume you and everyone right. around you, which, you know, some people feel that even about like... Um, it hasn't happened, but like Donald Trump, you know, like uh, if they were to turn on him, you know, like mm-hmm. that, that kind of thinking right, hasn't right. happened yet narratively <clears throat> with Trump. Right. But uh, <laughs> that is a possible fear when you grow the thing and it gets it's a Frankenstein. You grow it. Right. Maybe that you know, is you lose the control. Okay. Yeah. OK, so maybe that is I, sort of what they're saying with that, Marcus. I was sort I of curious about this, too. And so I was looking into the 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 novel before okay. I'd never read it, you know, yeah. and um. So Chuck, you know, it's, I guess it grew out of like a writing class he was taking where they were encouraging you, you to write like very minimalist prose based and like and based it on like 
intense personal experiences, you know? So that was like where a short story that came out of, uh, that, that turned into Fight Club came out of. But one thing is he was a member of something called the Cacophony Society. Oh boy. And, um, and it is like sort of prankster type group, them, you know, yeah. of, it huh. sounds like early kind of like, what is it when you text everyone to show up at one location dressed like, you know, right. it's like a Santa like, con. Oh, kind of like thing. a flash mob. It's kind of like a flash like an 80s kind of flash mob. Yeah. Like maybe you could throw a party and do something kind of anarchic prank type thing, you know, pranks, um, pranks. Yeah, so I think that's what it came out of. So it's probably it might be something where he's not thinking it out too much, but right. he's basing right. it on his own life, on you know. And that, right. Because 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 Evans totally right. It's like 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 okay. There's a few layers here of like back to the philosophy of the text of this guy more than anything else in a way, uh, because everything's driven by that uh, in this film. Is like it's and it's confused. And I think Mark's gonna be hit on something where he's not really 100 percent on like his themes. There's anti-consumerism. Yep. And then that doesn't automatically dovetail you into the emasculation of males. That is not, they're not <clears throat> intertwined, but he does fuse them. They're it's sort of like, yeah. we've all become like neutered and we're all like, yeah. you know, Martha Stewart, like men yeah. are like wearing aprons and let's make muffins, <laughs> yeah. honey, with their yeah. wife and stuff. And I, <laughs> yeah. I guess you could get into that. That's sort of a connection. But then, yeah, the pranking it sort of relates to consumerism where it's like you're destroying apple you know like computer, a starbucks yeah you know, a starbucks uh, yeah, yeah. So. but that's like but but that tactic is so kind of cringe and boomer will fucking blow up the starbucks it's like yeah. not interesting it's not clever yeah. and and I, it's just kind of brute and one for one where it's right. like there right. it is make the thing stop happening well that's why yeah. which just uh i find <clears throat> boring it's well that no i but is that you. but but then where does the male thing come in back to i'm saying circle back to the emasculated male i guess men are finding their identity through their rebellion against consumerism yeah well i know that's but a I, bit of a stretch i know like, that's why I'm, I'm wondering if or i was wondering if the author is sort of saying that okay it starts here you know with with being anti-capitalist you know br taking back the mail whatever and then it mm -hmm. and then he's he's demonstrating how it butterfly effects into you know the something exponentially more toxic it becomes and uncontrollable yeah. and stupid you know, because that would be right. better if that were true. But because the one thing I, I want to say real quick is I think the yeah, danger yeah. of this movie, and I've talked about on other shows we've done about whenever, you know, Joker comes up, <clears throat> oh. how, how I talk about oh, how Joker is bad for society. Oh. And this movie is very Joker core for it sure. Is. It is. Oh, it is. I and it. and oh. I know. And, and, and uh, Jokers are bad for for society i think it is it's a bad you know sort of figure for uh our culture but what villain, i was yeah no but right. but i mean like you know people do want to act out their joker urges you know uh when they see joker shit and in this it's kind of similar because this movie did indoctrinate a uh, a generation <laughs> you know it did people yeah. thought they were enlightened after seeing this i was reading an article today where a guy and i remember hearing about this after this movie came out there were people starting fight clubs in their high schools. Yeah, I remember that. You know, and and like so, people were interpreting the messaging of this movie, right. you know, very much as if Tyler Durden was standing in front of them, giving him a chemical can, burn. Can I can I bring up a point because this is I didn't know quite where this conversation was going to go. This is very interesting, like the flaws of the text, <laughs> you know, because there's yeah. a lot of problems I have as we again are, are you know racing towards the end of this film. And I just realized something for me that could be an interesting thread 
if he if he didn't get distracted by the big reveal of like it's the same guy yeah, yeah, just yeah, having yeah. a personality crisis yeah. because that throws everything because you know again when i first saw the film i didn't know that was happening and then you know then all bets are off because it makes you reevaluate the entire film you've seen yeah. up to that frame yeah. you know and so it's like and then that's kind of the rest of the film for me and the film itself has another long bad needs to be cut down scene of the fight between those two very boring at and the it end. really drags the film right yeah. that is awful yeah. when he drags yeah. it drags yeah. down into their fight but no yeah. but i'll just say the last little thing is you're getting into something that is intriguing yeah about like a critique of something exponentially getting out of control but am I wrong? Does the film just completely lose any of that possible momentum towards that concept with just breaking down to this very base kind of like plot twist? It just hijacks the rest of the film and then it I'm does. just done with the film. It does. What do you guys yeah. think? Yeah, because it overshadows it and then immediately right. it becomes the gimmick of the whole thing. It's the whole thing. And then, yeah. right, yeah. Marcus, were you going to say something? About I mean, I think that was his sort of plan. This We're getting into the era of like the DVD rewatchability of movies and directors making a movie and thinking about that. Like, how are people going to enjoy this movie when they at home, you know, and rewatch it? And so that's why he's got all those rewatch flash frame, flash frame. Yeah. Yeah. Easter. Yeah. He's got all the subliminal flash frames yeah. and that. That sort of thread, it's threaded sure. through the whole movie, I think, with that intention. Is oh, he walks like, by, like, he passes by uh, Brad Pitt before right. he's a character. I mean, I don't know, this Fincher, like, is he super, he doesn't feel like he was trying to make a political statement as much as he's just trying to no. make a movie that people yeah. enjoy. And, like, cool you know, movie. I think Office Space, you could probably critique the politi politics of that and say it's bad for society, too, you know, that he's he's stealing or whatever, you know, a penny, you know, or whatever. He's he's not working. He's getting paid or whatever. You know, there's that movie so fresh compared to this one. It is uh, sure, but I mean, like, and it's still bad. But I love it. Uh, you know, I love Office. <laughs> it's, it's shaggy. Let me just put it so up. No, but Marcus, do you, do you mind? Like, like this is what we're talking about. It's like, what do you think of the script here? Do you mm -hmm. feel that it does get derailed by this? really obtuse plot twist well, that's like that, the sixth that, sense kind of like yeah, that, that, well twist, but, I'm, yeah. but i'm saying but i'm saying not not the fact of the plot twist but I'm, like what it is but i'm saying like the function of it kind of like just like sitting down and and like uh, enveloping the rest of this film that was kind of somewhat going somewhere with this narrative flow about the exponential right well, out of control thing, rise and uh, i don't know yeah. do you, are you seeing what do you think like well, about I, how, how that plot twist does it overshadow the rest of the film at the end of the film? Definitely, definitely. But I think that's what the film is about. Is about all a right, a guy that so couldn't sleep. We all agree. And did all this crazy shit in his, you know, in his alter ego. You know, I think that is what the movie's about. Like what you would do, what what your alter ego would do or is capable. I, I, I'm just of, talking you know, about like, like how yeah, it, does it ruin I just, I, well, maybe some other I kind think of plot? Is maybe anyway, yeah. maybe. And I have never, I haven't read the book either or anything. I, I was just sort of feeling that. You know, Fincher in 99, you know, after coming off of the game and seven and all these. You know, I love the game, by the way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The game's underrated. Tight. I love seven. I, I'll watch seven any well, day of the seven, week. Well, seven, yeah. I, I love seven. But the thing I is. I like is seven, that, too, but it's it's got a lot of, like, by the books kind yeah, of, like, sure. cop buddy, you know, tropey type movie, I, too, I'm you all, know. Or, I'm down for a serial killer uh, investigative film. At the time, it was very fresh. It's very I mean, fresh. Obviously, yeah. it was hugely but, influential, and it got. Yeah. It looks a little less fresh, but uh, oh, that was some I, wild I, shit. I just have I just drops. have some fun with it. I have fun with it. But the thing is, with this movie is, and and Fincher being so, uh, you know, 
expert craftsman, you know, he's such mm-hmm. a technical craftsman that I think the way that he chose to make this movie is so seductive. Everything about it is seductive. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, fucking Brad Pitt's, you know, cum gutters are seductive. You know, his... his uh, <laughs> that's the term. There yeah, it is. That's so the medical term. Yeah, his cum gutters, his, uh, <laughs> just at, like the, the, the way he speaks, he's God. so charismatic. He's a cult leader. I mean, he's, you know, mm-hmm. everything about it, the way it's shot, it's, the way it's, it's filmed. It's, it's using cinema techniques it's it, to make it intoxicating. It is. And I fell under its spell. I had, you know, there's the thing called right. festival fever. You know, you're at yeah. a film festival and yeah. you watch this film and you're, you're on your feet for like whiplash, like, yeah. like cheering. Yeah, I know, I know. That happened to me. Yeah. Cut let to me, Tom me, like 10 years ago. Let me finish my point. But, but the point of me bringing that up is because um, what I was trying to say is that I think his cho- Fincher's choice to take the material and make it as seductive as possible, I think takes your layman viewer... And it goes completely over their head in terms of any type of, you know, real messaging that we're trying to say and instead might indoctrinate, you know, a OzFest 99 type of person, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think that's um, maybe a flaw with it, but an unintentional flaw. It's like because it's so seductive stylistically that you might lose at the center of it Mm -hmm. what was being trying to be said with the message of this real movie. He's too good at making a big candy movie like you want to just chomp on. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, great. definitely. And he's it's a visionary in a way. Like he's using digital effects to tell a story that you don't necessarily need digital effects to tell. You know what I yeah. mean? I think yeah. he he did the same with Zodiac, where he's got an eye for being able how to apply computer effects that most people would just use for like an action sequence for like Phantom Menace or something. You dude, know? dude. How to apply those to just a movie with some guys in a house or whatever. No, you know? dude. My oh, favorite yeah. of that. My my favorite pointless. You know, uh, Fincher exercise and CGI that was not needed is in Panic Room. Uh, there's a oh. shot when uh, the camera just travels through like a coffee maker handle, you yeah. know, for no reason, just to go yeah. to the other just, side. Just because it can, bro. Because it can. We bro. all love it. This is our second uh, bite yeah. in the Fincher apple, right? We love. Yeah. We like Fincher. We do. We, we really yeah. love Zodiac. Yeah. No, but like, um, just I do want to stay on this intoxicating thing because I think. Yeah. You are sort of playing with fire. Like, what other thing can you think of film where it's like, it's so like pretty candy cane, kind of like shiny object, but has like kind of a strange, sort of debatably twisted philosophy. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like it's a if movie, the movie rocks. You know what I mean? And like, here's one example, just kind of what you guys are saying. I wouldn't say it's needless, but like in the sex scene, they're using like really state of the art, like slow mo, like, oh, yeah. Like, yeah, like frame yeah. advancing, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, and yeah. and of course dropping like hard, Good. like like trip hop beats, you know, <laughs> and uh, it's bullet it's, time. It's, it's like bullet time too. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah right. Yeah, exactly. That contextual. But what I'm saying is, it's like, how can I interpret that any other way than just like, let's have a fucking rock out with your cock out time at the movies? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's like, yeah. and also it makes you feel like, can I take this film seriously? Really? Yeah. You know, like like like, is this just a roller coaster ride? Uh, yeah. So I think that it's kind of at odds with itself in a way, and I do like seeing a more restrained Fincher because he doesn't do that kind of shit in Zodiac. No, and I think it's, uh, and I wonder if he feels like that's the tone that the book deserves is to have this kind of candy yeah, cane, probably shiny object thing. Yeah, I, I think that's so. what he was thinking at the time. I bet he was thinking, 
you know, I mean, because I mean, just again, like Brad Pitt, the fashion, you know, yeah. of this movie was at like was peak, you know, for what it was at the time. <laughs> now we look at this and we want to kill ourselves. But you know, it's like, it's like all of it at the time is like the coolest of the cool, the most seductive possible, you know, the most badass. Yeah you know you could possibly yeah. be is to be yeah. like fuck the world man this is what we're gonna do and fucking and now it just looks super cringe when you look back on it i just think it's interesting yeah. just how his may maybe a theory his interpretation of it being so stylistically you know music video in your face mm-hmm. fucking you know rock and roll just actually maybe did a disservice to something the author was trying to get to perhaps i wonder because you there's no point in the script uh or i'm sorry in the movie where you stop and think about anything that you've no. seen you're just like mm-hmm. yeah that sounds interesting that sounds interesting it's it's a sensory right. overload yeah. well i mean i yeah. do think that like at the end ed norton's trying to stop it whatever he's put into effect right. you know he is like trying to stop whatever right so he and he defeats he kills himself or whatever the bad guy he kills the bad brad pitt yeah to and so brad pitt pays for his crime you know and even though we do see the the credit card buildings blow up and you know we know there's nobody in the twin inside. towers and 9 11 well all right we know there's nobody <laughs> inside them though you know like yeah, we know yeah. it's just wiping out credit it's scores empty. or whatever you know right right so i think it's like it's not trying to be, I don't know. I think it is, it does fall. It has some morality there where he's like, it does. It does. Hey, I, I, I stopped this from happening or I no. try, I stopped the bad thing from happening. Now we can just date. You're talking about the story. Part. I mean, no, but, I, I, Evan, I, what you're saying is, um, yeah. I thought there was kind of uh, another problem with the end of the film is he's still trying to rock and roll through the movie mm-hmm. and it's still not really slowing down. Like you still see, like, like he gets into montage yeah. zippiness uh, even in a, maybe the last act of the film where he should have really calmed things down tonally to differentiate it from the part that's more rock and yeah, roll. Yeah, let me... You let know, because even, even Malkovich has tone shifts. Yeah, it does. And this doesn't... No, but let me, let me clarify is like, um, I, I think you're right, Marcus. It does have a moral center, of course. I think it gets overshadowed by the ending, or the twist, rather. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just saying we don't really get that moment of... I feel like in this movie trying to figure out what is this all about or why is this bad or, you know, and I'm not saying all movies need to have a morality to them, but at any chance that you're going to have that awareness, <laughs> that moment, it's kind of taken from you because then you're again seduced by a clever twist in a, in a yeah. plot. And the, and the filmmaking is still being zippy and clever too, even right to yeah. the end. Yeah. And then it, by the way, it ends on a rock and roll note. I know. The it big really drop does. with the pixies. Yeah. It's like, yeah. it's all the part that annoys me the most, also, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, sure. but what I'm saying, just to keep it this concept we're talking about, it's just like the film is relentless in its sensuality in that sense. Not, I don't mean like sexual, but like in, it's like, uh, it's the roller coaster ride, your eyes and ears. And like, I would like to maybe have seen a film that does reduce that and, and it's, and it's, and it's worthwhile and it's yeah. valuable and it starts having, it's letting, well, first of all, our main character, it's, it's sinking in and it's sinking into us as the viewer, not in a moral sense necessarily, but in like ha- the film having more depth because it's very, very surfacey, this film. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. but it's playing with deep stuff. So oh, it's a it is odd. very surfacey. It's yeah. a little odd to be so surfacey well, it does, right it to does, the last frame. It, it does play very juvenile, like as I said, like that's it does. you know it's very it's very surface level. Yeah, you know? I was the, I noticed this time that it starts with like a little bit the music. The very first note of the movie is like a little bit of like movie orchestrated yeah, music, like da da da, and then it goes and then goes. There's like a record rip, Which is and it goes so cringe. 
Straight into like, the Dust Brothers like song. DJ changed that record to like a trip hop. <laughs> I know, I know. It is. It Yikes. is. It's like this. This ain't your dad's movie. Oh, exactly. <laughs> like, uh, tell grandma we got a new sheriff in town. Yeah. Yeah. Channel, panchel, candle, so I do think that was I think that is the core <laughs> intention of the movie is to like make a movie that feels very modern, feels ninety nine. This ain't your dad's movie, you know. Oh, and it, know. and it doesn't let Boomer. up. You're right. And that's why it ends with that fucking Pixie song. Yeah, yeah. It's very Gen You know, like, it's like we have to send, let's harness the power of this song to Mm -hmm. give some emotional heft to the end of this Mm -hmm. movie or otherwise. Well, because it's supposed to be a relationship, which is very underfed, their relationship. Can I bring up actually a complimentary thing? that maybe speaks to what we're talking about like 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 when and if and there should have been more depth to this film there is one quiet scene that i like that i it resonated with me when i first saw it they're in the bathtub do you remember this and they're talking about yes. um yeah. their parents yeah. and their fathers yeah. and he's like i'm 30 and it's like is 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 the best thing is the solution for me finding a good woman or or not maybe i shouldn't be doing that it's a nice scene and mm-hmm. it's real quiet, and I feel that that's um, an important part of the book. And I think that Fincher gives it nice time. And the whole scene is just two actors' yeah, faces in a room, and the movie really calms down. And I feel yeah. that yeah. by having that breath, it, it, it yeah. does resonate more. What do you guys think? Totally, yeah. I, uh, yeah. yeah, I caught that scene this time, too. I was focusing on the foreshadowing more because I heard him say, like, oh, my dad traveled around. Ed Norton says, my dad traveled around and open and set up a new family every six years you know and then brad pitt's like sounds like he's opened up a franchise yeah you know which is what they do later <laughs> right. on in the movie well, right, right no but i i think i think they do the writer and the director i think, do think they succeed in uh having some depth and it just hints that the movie could have had some more of that two quick they things could use that. yeah for sure two 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 quick things before we run out of time one is just a scene just to talk about i remember it kind of you know left a bad taste in my mouth when i saw it then and it and and also now um, the scene where where and it is a turning point. I think it's the it is one of the first turning points where Ed Norton's character starts to be like, OK, this guy isn't the fucking messiah. Something is wrong here. The scene where he takes the uh, the convenience store owner outside and points a gun. Yeah, to his that's head. good. Yeah, I don't like that. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I think that's a great scene, actually. Yeah. Well, t- t- I mean, it always just kind of was like, ooh, man, I felt so bad for the guy. You know, um, and, you know, putting the gun to his head and being like, you know, if you're not enrolling in veterinarian school in six weeks, you know, yeah. you know I'm going to fucking kill you mm-hmm. or whatever. Right. But then I'll I'm keep like, an dude, eye on you and I'll kill you. I was like, dude, you took his fucking ID. Like, how is he going to enroll into fucking school? It's going to take more than six weeks to get a new fucking ID. Like, <laughs> Well, there's the practicality of that. I, mean, I know. Yes, <laughs> I, I do appreciate. I think, again, if, you know, this film can be the text of it can be appreciated philosophically. And I think that I'm not saying like, I agree with that philosophy even, but I found that a somewhat fresh voice, yeah. philosophically speaking in pop culture, because again, it just gets back to the stupid thing I've been saying earlier. It's just like how a field we are, yeah. you know, we're not in the food chain, you know, that's, mm-hmm. that's the bottom line. Like we yeah. used to have to kill and eat or we'd be killed and eaten. And a guy like this, I don't think he's right in doing it necessarily, but it's interesting. What if any of us were confronted by mortality in like right in our face, face to face with mortality and how that might really change you. 
And I found that just sort of philosophically interesting because yeah. we otherwise don't yeah. have to do that because right. we're just going to use our phone to get Uber Eats <laughs> and get the new pizza place stuff that everyone's talking about. You know, That's <laughs> what we think about all day. That's you know? the cold open mm. for sure. But um, yeah. also uh, interesting, you know, we were talking about how the movie has definitely got that anti-capitalist, uh, anti-material. Uh, Made by a huge corporate company well no i wasn't going to say that irony how about this how about this irony outside yeah. of maybe the matrix is there a movie that produced more merch from 1999 uh i mean i guess star wars but so, you know really? <laughs> it's oh, to compete with no i mean like fight Menace, club yeah. for being such an anti-materialistic film There's fight club merch dude the poster the fight club poster uh, okay, and spencer's yeah. gift yeah, yeah, yeah. was probably an all-timer you know, at hey, Spencer's. We got to get one for Marcus. The shirt. Birthday. I know. Big, I do cut bar want, of soap poster. I do. I was watching <laughs> this one thinking I do kind of want Tyler's shirt at the very end. Yeah. Hey, I always like it too. It's yeah. like a pattern of like martial arts movie. Oh mm -hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. Graphics. I do kind of want. I'm that. sure you yeah, can get that. Somewhere. Or no, it's like Pam Greer or something like uh, black exploitation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's doing a uh, '70s. He's like, I'm cool because I dress '70s. Like, well, he's Gen X. You know, it's right. This is a very Gen X movie. Yeah. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I think that it, it, as much as anything, it is echoing the baby boomer Alan Alda right. father, yeah. you know, like like under yeah. the hood, you know, un, you know, the child who's come of age with crying fathers, I which think is a very boomer to Gen X thing. You know, yeah. the Gen X thing is so apt because like it's not like they're not like political necessarily. It's just like mm -hmm. fuck everything. I'm never gonna get anywhere. Everything Nihilistic. sucks. Left and right sucks. You yeah. know, like yeah. I'm just gonna. I'm just going to check out of society and, you know, do my own thing. Right. And I think it's like this movie got rolled into another generation that was more politically minded. Yes. Later on. But for Gen did. X, it's just sort of like, fuck all this. Like, yeah. I don't really have a problem with the credit card yeah. getting wiped out, you know, yeah. or credit card buildings getting destroyed. It's I like, I don't even you know, have a credit I, card. You know, honestly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah right. Right. I don't want <laughs> yeah. one, though. You know? yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. So, no, totally. it's, 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 it's a, it's a, um, trendy nihilism. Uh, it's yes. very agenic. Totally. Mm -hmm. Trendy nihilism. Yeah. And it is funny. Sex pistols. <laughs> totally. And it is, it is funny uh, also to note, like, this movie became... It wasn't a hit out of the gate. This movie was it wasn't. A it was box a box office bomb. It actually only grossed thirty-seven million, and uh, it was a sixty-three million dollar film budget-wise. So this wow. film really took on a life of its own, you know, on that DVD with the fucking soap on the cover, Marcus. And, uh, and, and it kind of took on a life of its own. And that's what I think the whole thesis of this hour is, is that like, you know, Project Mayhem took on a life of its own, you know, yeah. and, and this movie yeah. really did. And it, and it got co-opted and, and by so many different groups and I know. ideologies and everything. And I kind of want to know, it's like, I always find that interesting when somebody puts something out into the world and then it just takes on a whole life of its own that maybe they didn't originally intend. It is scary. It is scary. like to be the creator of something. And it's like, I know this is not what I was going after. Peppy Whoa, the frog, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, it's the Peppy yeah. the Frog movie. Um, so it's crazy. You know, it's interesting. So, well, I hope everybody enjoyed it. That was our one fucking hour on Fight Club. Uh, and uh, yeah, fucking boom. Yeah. Ding. It's an interesting, it's an interesting <laughs> yeah. film to cover. It is. Sure. It is. It is. And uh, it's so funny to watch again. And um, we did it. That's 1999, everybody. That's it. That's it. The one, two, three, four. Yep. I had a great time. Me too. I love the, I love watching these movies. They're very watchable. They're yeah. very uh, comforting, you know, because it's mm -hmm. a time and a place we remember. Totally. But then it's so funny to see them 
you know, 25 years later with just a little yeah. bit of hindsight and kind of hobbling um, towards you. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, like it's like yeah. the bar lights went up at uh, last yeah. call and it's <laughs> right. like, right. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, who's, very, I to, who's I talking to here? Yeah. You very fun. Very <laughs> fun. Particular period right. of film, you know, and it's fun to see the similarities. Oh yeah. Time. It is weird to see so many strong movies come out that year. I, I, I don't know. I kind of feel like maybe it was like, you know, there's that definitely Y2K, fin de siècle, whatever kind of like mentality of like, yeah, the world could end. I'm going to do my yes. big over, put everything I've got into this. Sure. You know? Make yeah. my statement now before I can't anymore. I really, th- I do think that was part of it. That influenced a lot of stuff at yeah. the, in the, you know, in the, in the 1890s too. You know, people thought the world was going to end. And you oh, that's next, that's you know, next month, guys. We're yeah, doing man. 1899. <laughs> well, I meant like literature or something. All these know, like <laughs> 10 minute French <laughs> silent <laughs> shorts. Lumiere brothers. <laughs> like, Lumiere. All 1899. Lumiere month, month, everybody. Next fucking month. Get ready. For, it, it's, it's Lumiere month, everybody. Get yes, ready for right. that's you know, what I'm tra- to Train uh, coming to the right. station. Yeah. Uh, train, great be, train robbery. Yeah, the great train robbery. Hell yeah, fool. Um, so, all right, but let's let's actually uh, talk about what is next week because um, we definitely took a little pivot. Uh, we were going to do one thing, then we're going to do another thing, and then, you know, as things happen in real, real life, you know, we lose interesting personalities in, in cinema. And, you know, Ryan O'Neill passed away just a couple days ago. Um, you know, interesting figure in movies. <laughs> been some yeah, he's he's many things to many different, many different people. people. <laughs> so like, some people are like, yeah. "What the Paper Moon guy died?" Yeah, right, right. Or it's right. like, "What?" Yeah. Like uh, Barry Lyndon died. That's yeah. what Marcus said. He'd call me. <laughs> Barry Lyndon died. He was inconsolable. <laughs> but there's some there's there's some people, dude. Barry who, for Ryan Neal, he's the yeah. Well, he's, he's also the tough guys don't dance guy that's right which, uh you oh, know god. we sort of we, oh, we, god, we, oh, man. oh man oh man oh god, <laughs> man, oh, god. Um, oh man oh god 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 we've we've had this on our short list for a while at least i have you know for something yeah, to, to yeah. talk about because it's very interesting very interesting backstory it's a baby got backstory episode for sure you got norman mailer you got now ryan o'neill r.i.p and um and it's a weird ass fucking what the fuck movie as really well is. too it's a very fun watch very crazy watch so we're going to get into it and we're going to bring uh i think one of the actually one of the biggest tough guys don't dance fans that i know is is lars nilsson and maybe on I the actually, planet he he wow. is and 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 I actually uh, the first time I ever saw the movie was at an Alamo Draft House screening that he hosted actually so oh, I, I saw it there you go yeah so it's perfect so that's why I immediately thought of Lars I texted him before we hit the record tonight and he said I'm in so next week is going to be one <laughs> fucking hour on Tough Guys Don't Dance uh, for awesome. uh, Rip Ryan uh, O'Neill. And Lars is going to be on to uh, to to uh, to uh, it's going to uh, be it it's going to be a rip roaring yeah. Rip, Rip Ryan, Ryan episode. <laughs> <laughs> Rip Ryan, Rip yeah, Ryan. I did it. There you go. Oh, that's awful. Rip so Ryan, Rip Ryan next week on the show. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That needs to be a t shirt. We need t shirts, Marcus. Yeah. Everybody, Marcus. Everybody's. Oh, good. That was a good time. Chop, okay. chop. Everybody's <laughs> talking about where are the one fucking hour t shirts. So I'm going to say it on the air. Okay. So we can get some more comments. People want them. 
comment right now if you're watching this on YouTube. Would you be into a one fucking hour T-shirt? Yes or no? <laughs> Let us know. Because um, I know people are wanting Moment shirts. I, I, I get requests for Moment I want shirts. Uh, you know, rip, rip, Roar and rip, Ryan. <laughs> or, <laughs> or my favorite one fucking hour possible tea is uh-huh. uh, Fredo shot first would be a great uh, one fucking hour shirt. I would, I would legit wear that. Like purple, yeah, white <laughs> Fredo. Marcus, seriously. <laughs> Fredo shot first. One of the craziest okay. brain farts on. Um, Why did we say that? Why you, did that happen? You were you were talking about Star Wars at some point, like ah, the new ones, you know, were Fredo shot first. It was just like a. This, oh, so this, I misspoke. Yeah. You just misspoke, <laughs> and it was fucking perfect. Um, That's fucking awesome. Yeah, it's amazing. So, so stay good. tuned for those. Uh, that would be a great little thing uh, to have for people to support the channel. But also another thing to support the channel is if you want to sign up on <laughs> patreoncom slash one fucking hour. Five bucks a month, um, and if you enjoyed our conversation on 1999, man, we uh, are just about to hit record right now. After now finishing this, we're about to record uh, just going to town on the year 1999. All the movies we didn't get to go in long form on, we're just going to rapid fire through a bunch of movies, get some hot takes and some some opinions on. So if you want to watch One Fucking Hour on 1999, head over to patreon.com slash one fucking hour, or if you're on YouTube... Scroll onto this video, click the join button, and uh, become a Mommy. of the show. And that's just five bucks a month. And hey, man, same perks, same benefits, either on YouTube or Patreon. Your choice, no big deal. All right, guys. Well, um, I kind of, uh, I, I kind of, you know, that was kind of a little spoiler there because you know the last part of the show, everybody knows what it is. We can't leave you without your moment of zen. Okay, everybody, have a good rest of your week. And we will catch you for Tough Guys Don't Dance. Rip Roaring, Rip Ryan next week. All right, everybody. Take care. (laughs) See you later. (laughs) Peace out. All right. Bye. Bye. See ya. Are you running? Good, because I'm I'm running, and I'm not going to run very long. Fight shirts. No, it's the suit. I know the suit should be. Well, fit in the makeup chair, except (laughs) put the tight t-shirts over your face. Now that's a look. I like that. Bob. Motherfucking goddamn orange peel beef. That was wicked, man.